Welcome to Coffee Talk with Linda Davis. I'm Linda Davis. Before we dive into God's Word today, just a little about myself. I love Jesus. I love coffee. And I love sharing keys to abundant living. So, if you haven't already, go grab a cup of coffee and join me today as we talk about what is God saying? And are we hearing His voice? Are we pursuing His voice? Do we truly desire to know Him, to recognize His voice, and to hear the words of what His will is in the timing of when it will be? We know that Jesus Himself said in John chapter 10, my sheep know my voice. My sheep, actually, what he said is, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. They know his sheep, his followers, his people know and recognize his voice. Are we his people? Are you his people? You know, we use that phrase, these are my people. Is Jesus our people? If he's our people, we should recognize his voice. We should know it and obey it, actually, and follow the direction of it. His, you will never be misled if you know the voice of the Lord. And I believe in prophetic voices. I believe in prophetic words. Obviously, it's biblical, 100%. I believe God uses prophets. He has since the beginning of time, to speak forth his will. But I also believe that Jesus came, died on the cross, and rose again so we could have a face-to-face personal relationship with the Lord and know his voice. And sometimes we're still living in Old Testament times. We're wanting somebody else to go hear what God has to say and um, how he has to say it and when he has to say it. what's what's going on what's going on what's the word what's the word you know um, what's the word for the nation what's the word for me uh, are we asking people that or are we asking God that what is God saying I want to know what God's saying we've seen it quite often honestly over the last maybe can even stretch it and say three to five years where a lot of prophetic voices in America, respected, I would even say, prophetic voices, voices that have been on point before, have been accurate in their prophetic word, are prophesying stuff that is not taking place. And it's becoming a discouragement, a big discouragement in the body of Christ to his people. Because they're leaning more on the word of the prophet than they are on what is God saying. When we don't have our own word, when we can't hold that tangible word that we that God spoke to us and we recognized his voice, it's a lot tougher to struggle through something. How do we learn? How do we recognize? How do we know his voice? We spend time with him. Trial and error even. Right, we oh, I think that's the voice of the Lord, and then we realize afterwards it wasn't. Uh, he's always looking at our heart on that. But I feel like we have to be very, very cautious 
when we're giving significant prophecy or a prophetic word to even an individual, and we're saying, thus saith the Lord, we better make sure we know and recognize God's voice. And I'm not saying everybody under the sun can't miss it. They can, because the word even tells us you, we know in part, we prophesy in part. So we don't have all complete revelation and understanding. Maybe we're releasing things too soon, but I know there's been prophetic words out there that have been missed for sure in these in in the last three to five years, I guess, maybe even longer than that. But then there's other prophetic words that maybe aren't as victorious sounding, aren't as flowery. You know, you can go back to David Wilkerson, words he gave 50 years ago. They're not pleasant, but you know what? They're taking place. They're coming to pass and we need to have our eyes and our ears open to understand what's going on around us, to understand the sign of the times. I mentioned that scripture that says we, we know in part and we prophesy in part, and that's in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. But if you go back a little bit in 1 Corinthians, it's in chapter 8. It actually says in verse 2, if anyone imagines that he knows something, he does not yet know as he ought to know. <laughs> so kind of saying, really, what you think you know, you don't know. And sometimes I think maybe we we jump on a bandwagon, we um, speak on a word too fast. Uh, maybe it's even um, some fleshly desire mixed in there, what we want to have take place. And, um, you know, this whole we know, but we don't know our knowledge our knowledge, our understanding, our revelation, unless it's directly from the throne of God, it's basically incomplete and it's imperfect, right? That means that we're going to miss it at times. We have to get on our faces before God and find out the truth of situations we find ourselves in individually, as families, as communities, and even as nations, and as a whole, as a people. Like, what are you saying now, God? We need to know. I want to hear it from you. And I feel like in some instances, we have found ourselves in a position almost like Moses and the Israelites. Is God wanting us to seek him, but instead, we're seeking the prophets. We're seeking the elders. We're seeking others to hear from God what God's wanting to tell us. And that's what I'm talking about when I mean like uh, thinking of Moses and thinking of the Israelites. Does God want us to see him, to hear from him, to pursue him, to find out what he says about situations instead of the many voices that are speaking. And honestly, the voices that have been wrong in what they've been proclaiming. And I'm not trying to pick on anybody. That's not my heart. I'm trying to encourage individuals to hear the voice of the Lord. Have we become like the Israelites? And we want Moses to go talk to the Lord and tell us what he heard instead of doing the difficult walk, right? Climbing up the mountain, which isn't easy, and finding out for ourselves. I mean, why were the Israelites also whiny all the time? 
I think it's because they didn't have direction from God. They didn't get their word from God. They were going off of what God was telling Moses. And then the second something didn't go the way they thought it should go, they'd start whining and complaining and get mad at who? At Moses, (laughs) who wasn't even the one that was doing or saying. He was really just the messenger for the Lord. But they didn't like it. You didn't see Moses do the same thing, even in his frustrations, because he had heard directly from God himself. And if the Israelites had been willing to climb up that mountain with him, then they would have stood firm on their word too, and they wouldn't have been nearly as whiny. They would have understood what the God was doing when he was doing it, because he's a revealer of mysteries. He likes to tell his secrets. He's not playing hide and seek with us. He's not blindfolding us and walking us down a dark street full of traps. That's not what God desires to do. He desires to take the blindfold off, the blindfold that's on our ears, actually, so we can hear, and by hearing, we can see what his plan is, what his vision is, what his timing is, and what his will is. And even if we don't like it, we won't be as discouraged because we won't think he didn't do what we thought he was going to do based on what someone else said. Let's go there for a moment where Moses and the people are talking and they become afraid of God and they would rather Moses go have conversation with God. So there's a disconnect there when we won't pursue God to know his will, when we won't pursue God to know his voice, which is what he wants. He wants us to know his voice. He wants us to have a reverential fear, but yes, to seek and pursue him. It's literally one of the reasons he sent Jesus to earth so we could come boldly before the throne of God. He gave us access through Jesus and we're not taking it. We're letting other people go and find out. And when they miss it, we end up disappointed when we weren't willing to put in the time commitment to have a relationship with God and know his voice intimately. So it's in Exodus chapter 20, and it's right after the Ten Commandments. Right? Moses has just, the, the God has given him the Ten Commandments, and he's written them out, and there's all this thunder and lightning at the on the top of the mountain, and it's in verse um, 18 of Exodus 20. Now, when all the people saw the thunder and the flashes of lightning and the sound of the trumpet and the mountain smoking, the people were afraid and trembled, and they stood far off and said to Moses, they said to Moses, you speak to us and we will listen, but do not let God speak to us lest we die. See, they don't know God like Moses knows God. They don't have an intimate relationship with God like Moses does. And you can even relate this to just people in your life, right? So if you don't have an intimate relationship or at least a knowing an acquaintance with somebody, you might not want to go ask them a question. You might not want to go ask a favor of them. But if you know somebody that knows them, then you don't mind speaking to that person and saying, hey, So uh, an example that I can think of. So my son might know a really good mechanic and I don't. 
And I need, I don't know what's wrong with my car. It's making a funny noise. I need more information. I need somebody to check it out. Somebody that I can trust. So I don't want to just go to the mechanic myself. I want him to know that I, that my son is my son because he knows him and there might be even more favor there. So I'm going to go to my son and have him talk to the mechanic because I feel like there's a better avenue because I don't know the mechanic as well as my son does. That's what's going on here. The people are afraid of God because they don't know him like God knows him. I mean, like Moses knows him. And so Moses is saying back to them because he knows that God's not trying to scare them. He knows God's not just going to be mean. And so he says to them in verse 20, do not fear for God has come to test you that the fear of him may be before you that you may not sin. So it's kind of funny. He's saying, do not fear, but yet God's come to test you that the fear of him may be before you, but it's, it's two different fears all right there in the same verse, which is interesting. What they really didn't understand was that God was displaying his power to inspire them, to provoke them to desire him. And instead, they got fearful and they moved away from him. They actually went to the other side of the valley. So do not. So verse 21, the people stood far off while Moses drew near to the thick darkness where God was. The people stood afar off, but Moses, who was seeing the same thing, drew near. And I just believe that's where we're at. God wants you to draw near to him. He doesn't want you to be afraid. He's trying to display his power in your life to inspire you, to provoke you with a godly fear and reverence, not a scared fear. There's a difference. I mean, I can't imagine saying, do not let God speak to me and rely on a man. And I think we are in a very fine line of being in that kind of place today. So what is God saying? What's he saying to you? What's he saying to me? What's he saying to our families and our communities? He's going to say different things to different people in different communities. What's he saying to the nation and to the earth as a whole? Are you wondering where God is? And sometimes right in the middle of what we thought was unanswered prayer. That's right where God is. Right in the middle of what seems to be unfulfilled prophecy. That's right where God is. I mean, really, since Adam and Eve, God has been speaking to man. It's not that he doesn't want to speak to us. It's maybe that we relied on a different voice. And so because we couldn't recognize his voice for our own, we find ourselves in the middle of disappointment, but we don't understand nothing is happenstance. God holds everything under the sun. Everything is ordained for in, in that moment that it's taking place. Nothing surprises him. And when we're caught off guard, it's because we weren't putting our ear to the heart of God and hearing what he had to say in that situation. Going all the way back, like I just said, to Adam and Eve, right? And, and it says in Genesis chapter three, they heard the voice of the Lord God. They didn't need a priest. They didn't need a prophet. They heard his voice. Adam said, I heard your voice in the garden. I mean, they even said that they, of course, this is after they ate of the, of the wrong tree. 
and now they're hiding, but it even even says they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, so in the early morning. So they were familiar with that sound because why? They used to walk with him in the garden. We will never become familiar with the voice of God if we're not having conversation with God. We will never be able to answer the question with accuracy and with truth to what is God saying if we're not having time with God. We can jump over to the New Testament and hearing hearing the voice of the Lord, hearing God's voice. And Jesus <clears throat> says to Pilate, he's been arrested and he's about to be crucified, right? And Pilate really, you know, he knows he's in a bad spot here and he doesn't want to condemn Jesus. He doesn't want to do that, but he also has the people he needs to please. And so he's concerned about his situation and he's kind of wanting Pilate, Pilate is wanting Jesus to just, you know, admit um, truth or admit lies or speak out something on his own behalf and Jesus won't do it. And so he's saying, do you say this of your, so Pilate is asking him, are you the king of Jews? Jesus is like, do you say this of your own accord or did others say to you about me? And so they go on in this conversation and Jesus ends up saying to him, jumping down to verse 37, then Pilate says to him, so you are a king. He's trying to get Jesus to say this. So then he can condemn him and ease his conscience, basically. But Jesus flips it back on him. And he says, you say that I am a king. For this purpose, I was born. And for this purpose, I have come into the truth, into the world to bear witness to the truth. So this is the key here. Everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. So people that are of the truth hear his voice. So that's why it's important to have, opinions don't matter. What's the truth? What's the word of God say? What does God himself say? And we're listening to a lot of opinions and letting letting opinions drive and direct us versus digging into the word for ourselves or asking God ourselves if what we're seeing is the truth of a situation and what God would have us to do about it. And I'm not saying this is all easy because I totally understand you get in a time of prayer, you get in a time of communing with God, and there's all these other voices in your head, all these other thoughts in your head, and you're trying to hear the voice of the Lord, but there's just all these other voices basically clamoring for our attention and and wanting to get our attention. And it's difficult to separate them out. But even that, even that fact we find in scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, where in that chapter, it talks about there are many kinds of voices in the world and none of them is without significance, right? Or without signification. And so I'm not saying, right? So we know in Proverbs chapter 11, It says that there's safety in the multitude of counsel. So it's good to talk with others. It's good to seek especially godly counsel. It's good to hear what other people are hearing from the Lord, as long as you yourself are also hearing from the Lord. So I want to wrap this up with saying that obviously we we don't 
cut ourselves off from any other voices. We don't not have conversation about the things of God and what God is doing and what God is saying prophetically with other people. That's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is you cannot hear clearly God's voice when you are depending on someone else to hear God's voice for you, like the Israelites with Moses. They couldn't hear God's voice because they preferred Moses to hear from God and be a messenger. And so we want to make sure we are hearing what God has to say, what God's plan is, and not being indoctrinated by a man. And what, because man is going to miss it. Man is going to fail. There's not one perfect among us. So people are going to people in general, not just a man, but man and woman, right? And I'm not, I'm not trying to speak against anybody in any capacity. I'm trying to encourage you to have conversation with God, to know his voice, like Jesus said in John chapter 10. My people know my voice, recognize, they recognize my voice. And by recognizing and hearing his voice, we turn in obedience a lot. It's a lot easier to obey. Let's close it out by going all the way over to Revelation chapter three. So we talked about Adam and Eve and they heard the voice of the Lord all the way in the very, very beginning. Now we're going to the very end in Revelation chapter three, where Jesus is doing what? Down in, let let me get to it. Down in verse 20, he's knocking on the door. Behold, I, and these are the words of Jesus, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice, we're not going to have somebody else telling us, hey, Jesus is knocking at your door, right? So know his voice, be able to hear when he's knocking at your door, be able to recognize and know that it's actually him knocking at your door. So you know to open it. Sometimes we don't open that door. There's many false prophets, there's many false voices. So how can we not be duped and tricked? By knowing his voice. What is God saying? If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and eat with him and he with me. And then, and there's, there's so much in that chapter. That I, don't, I don't want to get lost in all that, but we are supposed to hear, recognize, and listen to his voice. It goes on to so anyone, right? He's going to eat with you. He's going to sup with you. He's going to have conversation with you. He's going to give you direction. This door is open avenue, open connection. And I want to point this out about Revelation chapter 3, verse 20. Jesus is not talking to the unsaved here. He's not talking to people that haven't already been in relation. He's talking to the body of Christ. He's talking to the church here. This is basically an invitation from him, right, to uh, renew companionship. Like, let me come back in. You recognize my voice. I'm at the door. I want to come in and talk with you. I want to have fellowship with you. I don't want to just give you the news of the day. Are we seeking God's voice to get the news of the day or are we seeking fellowship with him? Do we desire to commune with him and know him? That's what that's what sitting down and supping with somebody is. It's having fellowship. It's communicating. It's it's deepening relationship. 
when Jesus is saying, I'm knocking at the door and you recognize my voice and I want you to open the door so I can come in. He's basically saying, I want to share my heart with you. And yet we're saying, oh, what's this one saying? What's that one saying? What are they saying? We really only want the news of the day. We don't want that personal, intimate relationship. We're not really looking to know the sign of the times to be in that moment of ordained times and seasons, if that makes sense. Hopefully that makes sense to you. I don't, I don't just want the headline, the headline news. That's what I'm going to get when I'm seeking this prophet and that prophet and that prophetic voice and that prophetic voice and this one prophesying just a word from the Lord. And so he's looking to speak to all of us. I don't want to talk to just one of my children and have him talk to my other children I want to talk to all of my children. I want all of my children to call me and I want to call all of my children. I want all of my children to come to my house and I want to go to all of their houses. I don't want to just be visiting and communing with one of my children and having them go to disperse to the rest of the family. When you kind of picture it that way, that's ridiculousness, but that's what we've done to God. When we've decided we're going to go more by what he, she, and they are saying versus pursuing, opening the door, sitting down, communing with the Lord and hearing the heart of God. Let's not be like the Shulamite woman in the Song of Songs and decide too late that we're going to get up and answer the door. Yes. Oh, that's right. I never mind. I'm not going to be lazy. I really do want to spend time with my beloved. And she goes to the door and her beloved is gone. Let's not, let's not have that pause. Let's not have that hesitation. Right. So he puts it in, in, in um, Song of Solomon's, you know, he puts his hand in the door and now her heart's moved for him. But, you know, she's kind of like, gee, I've already, I've already gotten myself all set for bed. I don't feel like getting up again. And that's kind of it with us. We don't feel like putting in the work sometimes to really know the voice of God. When she finally gets up and goes to the door, what does it say? It's basically, you know, I opened I opened up to my beloved, but my beloved had withdrawn himself and he was gone and my soul had failed. And I sought him, but I could not find him. I called him and he gave no answer. Now, I don't want to go into that whole story. It's a whole nother, that could be a whole nother podcast in itself. But let's not hesitate. Let's take this time now when we're maybe frustrated at some prophetic voices we've relied on, what they've been speaking out hasn't come to pass. Let's actually sit down and commune with God and find out what he's saying and ask him the truth of any situations. He will, he's the truth teller. He's like I said earlier, he's the revealer of mysteries. He wants to show you his plan. He wants to show me his plan. He's just waiting for us to sit at the table so we can all talk about it. Like I said earlier, we have been given access to approach the throne of God with boldness and in confidence. That's in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 12. And the best translation to read it in really is the Amplified. Really does a good job of uh, amplifying it, basically, um, and bringing it to life, I guess. 
But we've been given that access through Jesus dying on the cross. And that's what God wants from us. He doesn't want us anymore going from through somebody else, like in the Old Testament times, right? Only the priest could go into the temple. Only the priest could make the sacrifices. Jesus was the ultimate sacrifice. So we would all be pure and blameless before God being able to commune with God. And so I want to just, I want to encourage you with this today. I'm closing out with this. I promise. What's God saying? If you're wondering where God is, pursue him, seek him until you find him and seek him with all of your heart. That's Jeremiah 29. Uh, verse um, 13. Let me go. I, let me read it to you. Actually, let's go up a little bit further. It says, for I know the plans I have for you. Plans, not plan. So it's plural. He knows all of the plans, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare and not for evil to give you a future and a hope. Then, then you will call upon me and come and pray to me and I will hear you. When we seek him, there are times He comes and knocks on our door and there are times we need to seek him. But when we seek him, he's promising us right here, I will hear you. You will seek me and find me. And this is the key to it. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord. That's quite a promise. When we seek him with all of our heart, He will be found by us and we will know what he is saying. We will know the truth of any situation we find ourselves in. So seek him with all your heart and he will hear you and he will respond to you. 